Houston, we have a problem. Your star rookie quarterback, CJ Stroud, his autographs are not in any football product coming up. And now we're learning this is going to be the case with a lot of upcoming football stars. Is this going to destroy football card collecting? We discuss it now. Hello, sports card investors, and welcome to another episode of Cards on the Table. And we gotta, we gotta tackle, ugh, not so good stuff today, Teapot. Doug, this is, this first topic today, this one is a little bit painful. It actually came from Twitter, where Brian Gray, the former CEO of Leaf, now known as Big Bry Deal Guy, went on a Twitter rant where he said that his sources have told him that Fanatics has signed exclusive autograph deals with next year's star quarterbacks, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, who will probably be the overall number one pick in next year's NFL draft, um, Drake May. All of these guys are apparently, according to Brian Gray, exclusive with Fanatics and Tops, and will not be in Panini products. And they join the quarterbacks who this reportedly happened with this year. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis. This means that now for two consecutive years, the best quarterbacks in the draft will not have autographed cards in licensed football products. Brian Gray was sounding the alarm. He said, quote, this is deadly for the hobby. Is it actually deadly for the hobby, Doug? Or is this an overreaction? I'm starting with you today. Uh, it's not deadly. Uh, I mean, his reaction is somewhat fair because it sucks. It's really unfortunate to have this two years in a row on the heels of not very good quarterback classes. And then we get a guy like CJ Stroud and we don't get the rookie autos. And if one of these next guys pans out and we don't have the rookie autos, it's certainly not good. But I'm actually approaching this from the point of view of a soccer collector. That's not uncommon in the soccer world. It took us years to get Mbappe autos, for instance. It's very, it's very common for top rookie chases to not have autos. It's, it's hit or miss. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's overall just like a, a killer blow, right? It's just really unfortunate. It would be nice to have them, but we'll pivot. We'll start to collect the parallels instead or whatever other cards we deem important, the, the case hit inserts. But, you know... Going forward, this will all resolve at some point. Fanatics will continue to sign these guys, and at some point they're going to put out licensed product and everything's going to be okay. We're going to go through a lull right now where we don't have that opportunity, and it's unfortunate. But again, you know, from, from the soccer world, it's not a killer blow. I think where you really might start to feel the impact of this a little bit more, though, is when some of those really high-end football card sets come out. Your yeah. national treasures and your flawless, because they're not going to have C.J. Stroud rookie patch autos, which ordinarily would be probably the biggest chase in the entire product. And they're not going to have Bryce Young NFL Shield yeah. autograph cards. And they're not going to have Will Levis. And then apparently next year, they're not going to have, you know, Bo Nix. And they're not going to have Caleb Williams. And they're not going to have Drake May. So I agree with you that like, uh, you know, the uh, product like Mosaic, which is already yeah. out, you, you can get the stained glass and the different short prints and still get a high-end C.J. Stroud card. But I think it's going to kind of catch up with us a little bit here as the year goes on and turn into an even worse thing. What do you think, Teapot? Somebody should have pulled out our studio soapbox because I have some uncharacteristically frank things to say about this. First of all, Big Bry, 
might have a little bit of conflict of interest here, knowing that Leaf now won't be able to get Caleb Williams autos and Bo Nix autos. Maybe there's something else driving there. Look, do I like exclusive deals? Uh, not necessarily, especially when you can't get them in the licensed products. That's the biggest problem. You know what is deadly for the hobby? Too many autos. Way, way, way too many autos of all these guys. Hundreds uh, and thousands of rookie autos. That is more deadly, I think, than not having licenses or exclusive deals. But let's get real for a minute here and, and talk about something. Again, I think this will upset some people, but the sooner that collectors can stop expecting that Fanatics, Tops, Panini, any of these manufacturers actually really care about what they have to say, the better. Do they care about hobbyists? Yes. But are they running some kind of fluffy nonprofit for the general goodwill of the everyday collector? No. And there are a lot of different mouths to feed and a lot of different types of collectors to serve. If you're opening sealed product, you want a bunch of hits. If you're a collector looking for long-term investment value, you want very few hits so that you can have you know, retained value. There's a lot of layers to this. They're running a business for which they have paid billions of dollars and invested tons of money into it. Fanatics is out for blood. We've seen it by now. They're taking over. They are winning the war and they're going to be exclusive. So like Doug said, I think at some point it's fine. It's going to be with Fanatics. It'll be wonky when some of these players like Arch Manning go to Panini and sign you know, exclusive deals. Is it frustrating? Sure. But people get all riled up about this like, like they're actually going to care and they're not. They're not going to care at all. Yeah, it's, it's definitely some interesting thoughts on both sides of it. I, you know, from my opinion, how big of a deal this is comes down to how quickly we see Topps football products. Yeah. If Topps creates yeah. football products in the upcoming months, like it has been rumored that they are going to do it with, you know, with the NFLPA giving them their blessing to do so, then it becomes a lot less of a big deal. If there are CJ Stroud autos in football products this year, this, you know, before the next few months are over, if there are Caleb Williams and Bo Nix autos and products next year, Topps products, then this whole thing becomes, you know, not, not that big of a deal. But if Topps is unable to roll out with football products and we literally have to wait for three years before Topps gets the license away from Panini, before we can start seeing autographs of the top rookies entering the products again, that's a lot bigger of a deal. The tea leaves are saying that you probably will have a Topps football product in the near future. Although Big Bride, the deal guy, came out with another post recently saying that he's hearing that the NFLPA has backed off that and that Topps and Fanatics are no longer going to produce a football product in the near term. So who knows what's going to happen? I think, I think it's not ideal for collectors, that's for sure. I think the best thing for collectors is to be able to have their autographs in multiple products. So hopefully something gets sorted out here because I would love to have the option of having a CJ Stroud autograph card sometime in the near future. I would want to clarify, I would hope, and we've talked about this, that Fanatics and the other manufacturers would want to listen to the voice of the collector. In many ways, I think they have, and I don't blame people for voicing their concerns. It's just that when it comes to things like this that are shrewd business decisions, you have to flip the script and put yourself in their shoes, and I, I don't blame them for doing this. And they're and they're playing a battle for the long term as yeah. well. So, all right, guys, there is something perhaps a little more uplifting uh, that all of us could be engaging in right now, and that is the incredible items that PristineAuction.com has on their website that you can pick up right now, maybe for a little stocking stuffer for the holiday seasons, or if you want to buy a nice gift for yourself. Uh, you can go do that right now as well. They have a Steph Curry Color Blast from Spectra, 2021 Spectra PSA 10. That's that's a pretty nice card. That's a little over a stocking stuffer, but that one is yeah. one that I might 
might pick up for my own stocking, perhaps, for the holidays. How about you, Doug? If anybody's looking for a gift for me, for instance, a uh, 1996 scoreboard, Kobe Bryant on card auto in his high school jersey, the Lower Marion jersey that's become iconic, uh, as you could imagine. Uh, it's in a PSA slab, authentic with the PSA 10 auto. You know, I'm trying to get either a Jordan auto or a Kobe auto eventually. Maybe this is one. All right, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how Doug, how good Doug's been this year. How about you, Teapot? What is not uplifting is the Angels saying Trout will not be traded under yeah, any terms. I know. What is uplifting is a BGS 1010 Relic Auto of Mike Trout from 2018 Topps Triple Threads. It's numbered to nine gold. Very cool looking card. Uh, you'll have to see it to, 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 to understand, but it's really nice. All of those cards and thousands more are right now on pristineauction.com. And when you register at pristineauction.com and use promo code SCI when you register, you're going to get $10 free in your account to use towards your first pristine auction. Okay, Teapot, this last weekend on your Day to Die video on the Market Movers YouTube channel, this was a scary one. A PSA 10 card that has fallen from a thousand dollars to a dollar was this is this real life Yowzers. cards that are cards literally psa 10 cards that have gone all the way down to be worth a dollar some people believe that we're in the junk slab era you looked in the numbers a bit in market movers and and saw you know cards of this nature tell us a little more about this and your takeaways what's the difference between a one dollar psa 10 and a one dollar psa 9 same price now, one just went way, way, way higher. And the point here was to illustrate that even PSA 10s can come down to literally the same price as a PSA 9. And I expressed a few weeks ago that, you know, I might not be sold on the premium for a PSA 10, especially on most ultra modern stuff where you it's indiscernible the difference in many cases. But this was not to dance on people's graves. Uh, this was not to rub it in their faces or celebrate huge losses in cards. That's not what I'm about. I know you're not about that. This was to point out some risks and to say that even the highest gem mint grade, you know, I know there's the other higher BGS 10, et cetera, but the highest ubiquitous grade isn't immune from coming way down in price. And that's what we see across the board. So it's sort of just to paint a realistic picture. Part of that was the jet fuel that was 2020 and 2021 and those prices going crazy on a card like a Darius Baisley, you know, PSA 10 silver. But there's risk to be had. And I think the more that people can have realistic expectations, the better. Yeah. Well, this, this brings back some memories to me, Doug, of some cards that I bought along the years that may at one point were probably worth a lot and now might actually just be worth a dollar, even in a PSA 10 slab. Uh, you have some memories like that too? Like, what are, do, you have, do you have horror stories along the lines of some of the ones Teapot covered in his video? To an extent. Like, I've never really gotten involved in really expensive cards, so I've insulated myself from being hurt really bad. But I've lost money on a ton of different players. Um, name a 2019 basketball player, and I've probably held too many of their cards at some point. A Cam Johnson or a DeAndre Hunter. Uh, you know, guys guys that you mentioned, Sekou Devoya. You know, there's, there's so many that I've probably taken a bath on. A lot of 2018 soccer as well. Um, had a lot of Jaden Sancho and Kai Havertz um, that never really treated me right. Um, you know, there's a lot of examples like that. Everybody who's, who's been in this recently has an example like that. You should be aware that, you know, that's the risk with speculating. If you're not playing in the vintage game, this is going to happen to you probably more times than not. You know, you're over time, you're going to stand to lose at some point when you're playing the ultra, the ultra modern game, you're playing the speculation game, you're buying up rookies. 
Uh, but, you know, if you have a balanced approach, if you use data to back your decisions, hopefully you can kind of protect yourself from, from getting hurt too often. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good it's a good cautionary tale. And on the top five every week, we make the point of showing a cold card of the week as well, because it's easy to look at the cards that are going up. But the reality is more cards go down than they go up when you're dealing with, you know, the today's stars. You miss more times yeah. than you get it right. Yeah, Lonzo Ball comes to mind for me. Like, he's the guy. Okay. People people know me for my famous Will Greer quote, but the truth of the matter is I didn't buy very many Will Greer cards. It's actually, Lonzo Ball is actually the guy who I bought more cards of. A lot of PSA 10s that I bought of Lonzo Ball back in 2019 um, in 2020 that unfortunately uh, today, some of those might be in that dollar category of what those cards are cards are worth. I don't think I paid any, I don't think I paid $1,000 for any of the ones that are a dollar now, but... I certainly lost my fair share of money on Lonzo Ball. A cautionary tale indeed. Well, guys, one way you can avoid cautionary tales like that is to track the data every day in Market Movers. Take a look. You can try Market Movers for free right now. Just go to sportscardinvestor.com and click on Market Movers in the main menu bar or download the Market Movers app from the App Store on your phone. Okay, guys, it's time for the mailbag. Questions that were suggested from our audience, either from Instagram, from our Instagram stories, or from the YouTube comments. One of those questions was around quarterback card prices this year and what they're doing in the market. Are there any good buys? And, and this kind of got us thinking about the number of bad quarterback buys there had been this year because of this slew of quarterback injuries. Listen to this list. Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Anthony Richardson, Deshaun Watson, all quarterbacks who have missed significant time. Many of these out for the entire season. Those are like, a lot of the names of cards that people were buying this summer, investing in leading up to the football season. And I even Justin Fields, I didn't even put him on the list. Yeah, he missed some games. Trevor I mean, there's, Lawrence just got hurt. Yeah, it's incredible. It feels like there has just been an unbelievable rash in quarterback injuries this year. And as a investor, speculator in the football card market, this is a really bad thing for a lot of people who are are buying football cards, hoping that they're gonna go up in value. What do you make of this, Doug? And has this football season and all these injuries changed your perspective at all on what quarterbacks you would invest in? Yeah, um, you know, so we've talked about this a number of times in, in some form or fashion on buying quarterbacks, on speculating, and I'm always saying that when you're talking about guys that are in the league right now, they're always one hit away, one play away from you know your investment in your collection being worth nothing essentially and this is a really good example of that we're seeing a ton of it this year there's only a handful of guys that we would consider investable that are still standing like lamar jackson josh allen patrick mahomes justin herbert uh everybody else probably has had either uh, a poor season lack lackluster performance or a pretty serious injury so it's a again we're talking about cautionary tales there's no better example than this but it actually really worries me for the overall football market which in turn worries me for the hobby in general so we're talking about Poor quarterback classes. We're talking about 
guys not getting autographs uh, for consecutive rookie years, and now we're talking about all the guys that we really like that are currently playing are injured, missing significant time. What does that do to the football market going forward? A market that had gotten so hot, are we inevitably going to see this huge cooldown now? And does that affect the entire market in general, the entire hobby in general? Are we going to see this lull for the next year or so as people start to, you know, back off from the football market and maybe back off a little bit in cards in general? So I don't like, I mean, I'm not trying to say the sky is falling or anything, but I think that there's like a big picture here that's not great overall. And I mean, that is kind of what happened in basketball. Yeah. Like if you look at basketball cards over the last couple yeah. of years, I think a lot of people got burned on Zion and they yeah. got burned on Ja Morant. And so then they, you know, and probably LaMelo Ball, you know, and so they're, they're more tentative now. And, and hopefully we don't see the pattern repeat itself in football. These are a lot of injuries. You do still have Brock Purdy, who's been a shining star this season. His cards have been strong. You do still have Jalen Hurts, who's been hot. And you still have your boy Patrick Mahomes, although the Chiefs have been faltering a little bit, but he stayed healthy. I don't know. What do you make of all this, Teapot? Uh, you mentioned all the injuries. I've actually got a video this coming weekend covering a little bit of this, too. In addition to injuries, you've got players who have underperformed. Mm -hmm. And I would actually argue that in spite of the Eagles and the Chiefs being two of the best teams in the league and Hurts and Mahomes being MVP front runners along with a couple other guys, Dak and Purdy, uh, I think both Mahomes and Hurts have underperformed this year relative to expectations. They've both struggled and turned the ball over a lot. Part of the problem for Mahomes is like 20% of his incompletions are drops by his yeah. receivers or 30%, some crazy number. Lamar Jackson has 11 fumbles, six lost, and has you know thrown interceptions. Josh Allen turns the ball over every week. Doug loves to remind us of that. So there's a lot of problems with those stars. When you couple all that together, I've got sort of an idea that I think quarterbacks in general are a little overvalued. And I understand why. They're critically important. They are the most important player. But when you stack it up, there's still 11 people on both sides of the ball. There's special teams. There's coaches. There's referees. There's all these factors that they can't control. And to put all your eggs into that one positional player and then layer injuries on top, all of this is what makes ultra-modern football a risk appetite that I don't have a lot of, and I think it's a big gamble. Yeah, well-spoken, well-spoken. Good points there. All right, guys, there's another major news item that happened this week that we need to talk about on a positive side. Not football injuries, but on a positive side, record-breaking Babe Ruth card sales. $7.2 million. It was the 1914 Baltimore News Babe Ruth rookie card sold for $7.2 million, including buyer's premium on Robert Edwards Auctions, REA, uh, just uh, over the weekend. Um, it narrowly, that's the third highest dollar card sale of all time, narrowly missed second place. Second place was $7.25 million for a Hannes Wagner card last summer. And then, of course, first place, $12.6 million for a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle SGC 9.5 that was last summer as well reaction to the sale and also one little interesting factoid about the sale the top three selling cards of all time are now all sgc they are graded cards yeah. it's fascinating what do you what do you make of this uh, first of all congrats to rea to mm -hmm. sgc to the seller to the buyer big big story big sale i get that soapbox box back out though and say that card stinks whoa i don't like that card no, no, I, I talked what? three weeks ago on my data what? dive about how i think first evers are so overblown so massively overblown that 1914 baltimore news card is ugly it's faded it's monochromatic it looks like a beat up printing plate there's no way on earth 
that I would put $7.2 million into a card that looks like that. It doesn't look like anything special. I would much rather have all of the top grades of all four 1933 Gaudis of Babe Ruth, probably plus some room and cash to spare, than buy that one card just because it's the first ever card made. I don't care. I don't care. Wow, that's. I think that qualifies as a hot take. That's, I don't know. Yeah, okay. How do, how do you feel about that, Doug? Beat me up in the Doug? comments down below. I, was, I wasn't expecting that take to come out. I actually think the card's pretty cool. There's so few of them that exist. I, I can't remember the number. It's like 15 or something like that. Yeah. Somebody will know the exact number. 10, I believe, yeah. Yeah, there's 10. so few of yeah. them. Uh, this one in particular had a cool story. Yeah. It's in the same family for 100 years. They can trace it back to its actual origin uh, in the name of the paper boy. Like, that's really cool. It's a, it's a crazy story. Um, I think the, CG, the SGC thing is somewhat interesting. Um, not that they needed to, to further have you know, this, this foothold in the vintage market, but it shows you that you know, SGC and vintage are kind of hand in hand, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that that's a, that's a pretty, it's a pretty good sign for SGC going forward. When we're talking about having parity within the grading companies and you know, we don't want PSA to run away with this thing, it's nice to see another grading company having you know, their niche that they do so well. Uh, it doesn't look like that's fading. The sale overall, I mean, it doesn't get me excited or anything like that. You know, there's there's so few of these that are ever going to happen, these record-breaking vintage sales. You know, we might not see this card again, you know, ever in my lifetime, for all I know. So it, it's cool in the moment, but overall, I don't think it says anything about the hobby or the market. I don't even think it says anything about the vintage market because it doesn't really represent most of the cards that people are going to buy and sell. It's such a unique example. I'll disagree with that a little bit because when I turned on, when I, you know, went on ESPN.com on Monday, it was a story on ESPN.com. And then when I watched my favorite show on television, Pardon the Interruption, okay. maybe second favorite is Shark Tank. I thought you were going to say Shark Tank. But yeah. I turn on Pardon the Interruption and in the intro to Pardon the Interruption, they start the entire show with the 1914 Babe Ruth card sale. That's how the entire show started a Pardon the Interruption on Monday. So I think that type of publicity, big sales like this, only further to help draw, help draw attention to the hobby, even though we may not be buying a card for $7.2 million. But anyway, guys, that is it for today. But please go check out Market Movers. Download that Market Movers app uh, on your phone or go to sportscardinvestor.com. Click Market Movers in the main menu bar. Let us know in the comments what topics you want us to tackle next week. Give us a like and subscribe, and we'll see you then. Take care.